Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Morning. Good Saturday morning, pet lovers. I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marstella. And happy 4th of July weekend, or as we said last week... Uh, uh, the Great Escape. The Great Escape, the great horror show yeah. for your dogs, for your cats. This weekend, the 4th of July, every 4th of July, it's a horror story for about 30 to 60% of dogs and cats that are out there. Matter of fact, the Humane Society and and here in Arizona, the Maricopa County Animal Shelter, they'll be the first ones to tell you that the 4th of July, the 5th, that whole weekend is the busiest time of year because of all the dogs, all the cats freaking out with fireworks and they're escaping. No. They're running away. Many of them end up dying, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, they, they're freaking out. They get hit by a I, car I or something like said, that. I think they said it's approximately an 80% increase in intakes in one day. Wow. Almost every year is what the statistics were when I was looking online. About an 80% increase. So today we're going to be talking uh, more about fireworks. We're going to be talking more about um, what you can do. To help keep, you know, your pet calm, your pet relaxed um, here on the 4th of July. Now, last week's show, we spent half the show, at least half the show, talking about fireworks. We went in depth about that. And we're going to talk about it again today. Absolutely. And we we did it a little bit the week before. Because if you have time before the 4th of July, and I'm talking weeks or months, You can do the real work of helping your pet learn how to relax when they hear fireworks. Absolutely. Counter conditioning and desensitization. Absolutely. And and let's let's be honest. It it is not a quick process. There's no such thing as a quick fix. Anybody that thinks that they can start today, July 2nd, counter conditioning and desensitizing their dogs and be successful in helping their dogs get through the 4th of July without other adjunctive things you are, you're lying to yourself. It's, so it's, last week yeah. we went in depth. How do you counter condition and desensitize, which takes weeks, if not months, yeah, <laughs> it's time consuming to really teach your pets how to have a different response to fireworks. Yeah, absolutely. Have a different emotional response. Absolutely. That takes a lot of conditioning right now. If um, you have not been doing that and you've got a pet that freaks out on the 4th of July, we need to talk about um, what I call triage because right now we're in an emergency situation. We just got to deal with the uh, helping the dog to not experience it so bad. Right now we need to preemptively go ahead and put on the bandages. That's what's happening right now. And for those of you asking the questions in the comments, I see them. We see them. We are going to get to them. Thank you for being here. Hello. I see people from from Michigan, from Florida. Welcome to the show. We will get to your question. And, Don't and worry. do us a favor right now. Hit that like button. Let us know that you appreciate what we're doing. The more likes that we get on this video, the more that Facebook will share it. And that means that the more pet owners who can't afford training are going to be able to get some advice that they otherwise wouldn't get. So please hit that like button. Also hit that share button. Share our video to your Facebook page. Absolutely. Now, let me just talk about the, we we are, for those of you that are new to Pet Talk today, let me just briefly talk about what we do. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. We talk about all kinds of different topics related to dogs, to cats, and behavior and training issues. Most weeks, we're going to take your calls. We're going to answer your questions. If you have a question, you can type it into the comment section. Um, You can call uh, the phone number to get on the show. I will say calls take priority. Absolutely, they do. Calls take priority. They absolutely do. Okay. Um, And we only have one line, so we can only take one call at a time. Um, We're going to be taking calls in a little bit. 
And we're going to be looking at your comments and your questions, and we're going to be answering those in a little bit. If for yeah. some reason, if for some reason you've got a question and we don't get to it, do us a favor, email that question to us. You can email questions to info at pettalktoday.com. That's info at pettalktoday.com. But Jordan, let's talk a little bit about how uh, those people that have not had time to do desensitization, yeah. counter conditioning. Their dogs are and cats are still yeah. afraid of fireworks. Here it is, the second of July. It's a Saturday. Chances yeah. are um, uh, fireworks are going to be going off tonight in your neighborhood. Chances are the next day. If they haven't already started. I was yeah. surprised last night there weren't any in my neighborhood. Yeah. Normally, it's crazy here. We'll see what happens tonight and, and the next yeah. night. But let's talk a little bit about some really important things, okay? First of all, if you've got a pet that is scared to death about fireworks, please stay home. Yes. No. And by, by that, we literally mean stay, stay home, home with your pet, with your dog, stay home with your dogs. Or if your, your dog is scared. Yeah. Or your cats or your, in general, whatever pet animal. you yeah. have. Okay. That might be afraid. Stay home with them because there are a lot of pets that um, are scared to death. People leave. They are at a party at somebody's house, a cookout, or maybe they went to the fireworks Yeah, and they come back and all of a sudden that front glass window is broke. Yep. And Fido is gone. Gone. Or they crated the dog and the dog freaked out when the fireworks went off. They come home and that dog was frantically trying to paw its way out, bite its, its way out. Pads off. Pads off. are bloody, yep. broke some teeth trying to get out of the metal crate. So lots of bad things can happen. Stay yeah. home with your pet. Yeah. The other thing, even if you're home with your pet, hey, your pet could get loose. Absolutely. All right. Imagine the fireworks are going off and for some reason somebody opens the door and boom, there goes your dog out That's the door. Right. Does your dog, does your cat have a collar on right now with an ID tag? If not, you still have time. Go you have to time. the store and get, get an now. ID tag. Make sure that you have a collar on your pet and you've got an ID tag in case they get away. Too late to get a microchip probably right now, Yeah, but think about that in the future, getting yep. a microchip. However, when's the last time you took a current or several current photographs of your pet if they get loose, if they get out. Take them right now. Take those pictures. Well, wait till after the show. Yeah, I don't want yeah, you to miss go, some of this go. good right, information. Right, right. But um, take photographs of your pets because if they get loose, you're going to need those. You're yeah. going to want those. Okay. Um, write down. I don't have the numbers. I should have. Shame on me. Go get the numbers for uh, if you're in Arizona, if you're in Maricopa County, get the numbers for the Maricopa County um, Animal Care and Control, the shelter. Go ahead. Also get the Arizona Humane Society. Get those numbers in case Absolutely. your pets get loose. And as a matter of fact, if you even have the slightest concern about that, go to their websites right now because they are going to be talking about what you can do on the 4th of July. And those people that are out of state that are not in Arizona, Go to your county animal care control, the county shelter. Go to their website. They've got great tips on what to do for the 4th of July. Also, if your pet or somebody else's pet gets yeah. loose or lost, it's going to explain, hey, what's the quickest and easiest way to be able to hopefully find your pet yeah. um, unharmed? So do those things. Now, we need to talk about, let's assume... All right. We've got a pet that we've not been able to counter condition and desensitize. Yeah. We haven't had the time. In fact, we have plenty of people in the comments right now that have said they wish they had seen this sooner that, you know, a few weeks ago that this is their, I have a couple that well, said this is their first 4th of July. So they have yeah. no idea how the dog's going to yeah. do. Well, listen, um, go back to last week's show. Okay. Just all you got to do is go down a little yeah. bit, go to last week's show and we even did some the week before, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. You know, I think so we've we, been talking about it for three weeks. This will now. be our third week yeah. because, you know, we do want to start talking about it earlier on. But you can begin to do the work of counter conditioning and desensitization. So next year, you do not have to have this type of issue. Yeah. However, if you've got a dog or a cat that absolutely freaks out, we're talking severe, don't make them suffer. Please say yes to drugs. Absolutely. Say no, yes to drugs. Seriously. Okay. Um, look, just take a look at your pet. Yeah. They are suffering. Talk yeah. to your veterinarian, get something to help your pet not suffer. Listen, if it's severe, if your pet has severe fears and phobias, 
Um, most supplements are not going to help. That's right. You know, supplements are good for mild, maybe moderate fears and anxieties. They can help, but not for severe. You're going to need medication. Talk to your veterinarian about medication. Absolutely. Now, what are some other things that they can do to lessen the impact of the fireworks? Absolutely. Let's talk about the first thing. I love this one. This is my favorite one. Um, Fun fact of the day, calming music for dogs. And now I'm not talking about Beethoven. I'm not talking about, you know, things like that. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Bob Marley, reggae. Science shows, the studies show that statistically speaking, reggae causes the most amount of calming effect for your pets. So get some good, get a good playlist going of some nice great reggae man just do it it's gonna be good for your dogs um that's the first thing you're gonna do next i want you to go find a closet in your home centrally located inside of your home don't clean it out unless you can't get inside of it okay (laughs) don't clean it out you want to keep the clothes in there maybe even go add some blankets and pillows get a food and water bowl in there it's almost like a soundproof room exactly exactly and that usually the closet or closet's are the quietest rooms in the house. Because again, like you said, all the clothes. Yeah. And and there's usually, it's a small area. There's lots of clothes. So it kind of dampens the sound. And like you said, not an outer closet, but an inner Inner closet. closet. And if you go in there and you got lots of clothes in there and you go in there with your pet and you got the Bob Marley playing and maybe you bring in some favorite toys, right? To keep the dog interested and do the same thing with your cat absolutely get your cat toys and go in there now i don't know if uh cats like gray gay or not that i didn't that yeah yeah i'm pretty certain that study was specifically dogs yeah it was dogs but uh you know, you can try the reggae for your cats. I mean, at the end of the day, why not? It's good music. <laughs> at least some. You know, ways. this is going to age me because probably most people listening yeah. um, d- did not hear the meow mix commercial from years ago. Meow 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 meow. Yeah. So anyway, start thinking about that and digressing. Yeah. What are some other things that they can do? Absolutely. So um, you've we talked about putting them in a very quiet room. Yeah, prepare okay. lots and lots of high value food reward. What is high value food reward? Well, it depends from dog to dog and cat to cat. Mm-hmm. But what you're going to do is right now you have time. Go prep the small amounts of some really good high protein items and, you know, maybe even some cheeses, you know, some dogs, I I have a client, literally our high value food reward was blueberries. Ah, it was blueberries. And, um, that was largely in part due to allergies. But the point here is it was blueberries. So go get all these different food rewards and give your dog the option. What you're going to do is you're going to create a few small piles, do this for your cat as well. And you're going to let the animal have a little bit out of each one of those food rewards. Then put them in piles and just let the animal go. Let them pick. They are going to choose what is the most valuable to them. And that is what you're going to use as your high value food reward. The whole time, as soon as those fireworks start going off, I just want you to feed, 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 feed. And now you want to make sure that you start the feeding before the dog or your cat becomes fearful and cowering because in mammals, especially small mammals, when fight or flight kicks on the first thing to turn off and when the amygdala, which is where things like fear, hate, anger, those, those aggressive emotions, that's where they originate is in the amygdala. When the amygdala takes over, one of the first things to turn off is the digestive tract. So that's why you can say like, oh man, I'm out in public and I'm walking my dog and he'll put the food in his mouth, but then he spits it right out. That's because he likes the way it tastes, but his body is literally telling him, I can't eat this. I cannot eat this. Not because they're like, oh, I don't want to eat. Physically, their body is no longer digesting food. So yeah, their body is saying, hey, listen, I don't, I don't need to waste resources digesting food. I'm in fight or flight, you know, as far as the animal's concerned, um, they're being attacked by a, a lion or yeah, something like exactly. that. Okay, so the last thing they're worried about is eating in, exactly. in digestion. Exactly. But let me talk about a couple things that yeah. they can do too. And, and this is a little bit different. So, um, you know what it's like when you have a really, really big meal and you're like, Oh, yeah, zonked out. That's right. So one of the things that you can turkey. do is, yeah, <laughs> cook up some turkey yep. and feed a bunch of it 
feed a bunch of it as long as they don't have an allergy. That's right. All right, to your pet and get them full, get them tired. An hour or two beforehand. Oh, it, I would say at least two hours. Same thing if you're medicating your pets. All right, listen, start medicating an hour before the sun yeah. is going down. Absolutely. Okay. Um, one of the best medications that I know of, and I'm not a veterinarian, neither is Jordan. Nope. We're not giving out medical advice. Absolutely but not. But I've used this medicine with uh, my pets. It's called Celio. Ah, I've used that as well. Yes. How do you spell Celio? S-I-L-E-O. That is S-I-L-E-O. Celio. You can talk to your veterinarian about it. It's a gel and you inject this gel, not inside, it, between their their gum and uh, their cheek. Yeah. And it works really fast. The nice thing that I liked about Celio is that it really did not sedate my dog. No, it didn't. And, and, and the thing is, it's also relatively simple to give to your dog as oh, yeah. well. It comes, it comes in this little syringe that has these little black dots along the back, a little, there's this just little dial like, it in, dial it in to exactly how many you need. You just squirt it right in. Now I will say, wear some gloves, wear some gloves. Cause if you get it onto your skin and you absorb it, well, it's, chances it's gonna, are it's going to be small enough dose. Yeah. It, it, it really won't do a whole lot for you. As a matter right. of fact, the medication, interesting fact here, the medication, what it really is. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I think it's called Pexin, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, it's a medication that's used when people are intubated, okay, uh-huh. because it really helps keep them calm, but yet they're alert. Right. They're alert. Okay. So they, they do. Matter of fact, a lot of people, COVID, people that were getting yeah. intubated, the same thing, the Celio, which is Celio's for dogs, yeah. and it's a different administration method. Yeah. So you can talk to your vet about Celio. Yeah. And hopefully your vet is open on Monday because it is now a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully they can today or even today. Yeah. Or on tomorrow. Saturday, if yeah. Open. It's Saturday. Get in touch with them now. Now. Okay. Um, and you may have to call around different uh, yeah. pharmacies to find out uh, who, who might be carrying. Absolutely. Okay. So what else, what else should we be telling these pet owners? Will? Well, well, exercise. Yeah. How about before the sun goes down, you exhaust your dog with as much exercise yeah. as you possibly can. Another thing, just another thing that can help a Absolutely. little bit. And I know in the past, for those of you that have watched our show in the past, uh, we always say, I don't care what your dog does when he's full of energy. And, but that's, we're talking about a training perspective from a, I actually just had a client just yesterday. Like I kid you not. She texted me and she said, Hey, uh, that book that you recommended click to calm actually fantastic book by Emma Parsons. Fun fact. Um, she texts me and she says, Hey, this book says that a calm dog, like a exercised calm dog Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Absolutely. It is. However, from a training perspective, I don't want your dog to be exhausted when I'm doing the training because I care what your dog is doing when he's full of energy. Well, and here's the thing, exhausting a dog is a management technique. Absolutely. It's a bandaid, right? Because let's face it. Well, for those that live in Arizona, Phoenix area, what are you going to do? Get your dog out there in 110 degrees and run? No, you're not. Absolutely not. I need your dogs to behave and be, you know, well-trained, whether they're exhausted or not. But in this case, we're talking about management, management, because perhaps you haven't had the time to do the counter conditioning and desensitization. Now I'm going to throw this out there. Yeah. So those that are watching right now, those that are listening right now. If you were listening and watching last week, or if you were listening and watching the week before, if you were listening and watching when we talked about counter conditioning and desensitization and how to do the real long-term work to get your pet calm and relaxed, and we directed you to the sounds of fireworks that you play at really low volume, and you start pairing food with that. Absolutely. And I want to know, Those of you that are listening and watching right now, has anybody, did any of you, did any of you practice that? Yes. And tell us how it went. Yeah. You did. If you started counter conditioning and desensitizing the sound of fireworks with your pet, like we described in the last two weeks, we want to hear from you. Let us know how that's going. Um, give the phone number so they Absolutely. can call. For those of you, whether you're calling to tell us about your counter conditioning and desensitization, or if you have another question, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a fireworks question, but that is our focus today. That number to call is 
6880. Again, 602-525-6880. If we have a caller on the line, just know that we cannot take a second call. Right now, we are operating out of yeah. our own studio. We are literally using a smartphone for for our line, so we can only take one call at a time. So if, if you've been working on counter conditioning and desensitization, we want you to give us a call. Let us know how that's going, okay? And if you've got a different question you can give us a call. So right now we're going to go ahead and open things up to questions. Absolutely. If you have a question, you can go ahead and type that question in the comment section. Also, let us know where you're watching from, where you located and do us a favor, hit that like button right now. Show us some love, hit that like button, hit the share button so that more people can benefit um, from our Facebook live show here at Pet Talk today and get some valuable information about their pets. Jordan, what do we have as far as questions? Absolutely. So let's go on and scroll up because we have quite a few here. Um, We have... I want to get up towards the top because there was a question that I saw that I really do want to answer. Here we go. So this is from Jana. Hello, Jana. Their question is, we adopted a six-year-old abused dog. Um, Oh, that number. Somebody just said to repeat the number. Again, that number is 602-525-6880. And it is pinned in the comments. Now, uh, a six-year-old abused dog a month ago, they adopted it. She has bonded to her and trusts her, but not her partner. What is the best way to get her to trust her partner? And their goal is to be able to have a pet sitter come in without her hiding under the bed. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing, Jana. Let me tell you. Um, counter conditioning and desensitization is the way. What I want you to start doing is I want you to first teach your dog a nice place command. We talk about this all the time. And if you want some more details on it, go ahead and email us at info at pet talk today. That's info at pet talk today.com and put into the subject line place training. We've got a video that we can send you. Um, now what I want you to do is after your dog understands a good place command, you are then going to have your partner walk into the room into view of the dog. And as soon as that occurs, feed, 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 feed with the most valuable piece of food that you can find. Then have your partner walk out of the room stop feeding. And you're going to do this for five to 15 seconds each interval. Then after that, partner walks back into the room, feed, 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 feed for five to 15 seconds. Partner walks out of the room for five to 15 seconds. We're not feeding. You will do this for five to 15 minutes, three to five times a week, three to five times a week. And if you do that, it is going to change your dog's perception of your partner. Additionally, find yourself a pet sitter or a couple and start doing the exact same process with them. If you've been practicing this counter conditioning and desensitization, and it's been, if you've been consistently doing it three to five times a week, and it's been a little over a month and a half, and you aren't seeing any change, at that point, I recommend that you contact a behavior consultant, figure out what's going on, maybe even get in contact with your veterinarian and find out if maybe you need to add on some sort of adjunctive uh, medication or supplementation for your dog because you might be looking at something that is a little bit more neurochemical in, in origin. Um, now, when, I just want to say something. When you're doing counter conditioning and desensitization, and that's just fancy words for a dog or a cat has a fear or a phobia, and we're changing through behavior yeah. modification how they feel about that trigger. Yeah. Okay. So in this particular case, your dog's afraid of your partner. Right. And what I want to say is that every dog has a circumference of comfort or what I call the circumference of discomfort. Absolutely. I call it the, I, I call it literally the circle of discomfort is what I call or the, or the bubble of discomfort. And, and when you begin the process of exposing your dog to your partner, you have to start at a distance where that dog doesn't have a care in the world. There's a distance. I don't know what it is, but there's a distance. I don't know how far it needs to be, but there's a distance where your dog doesn't have a care in the world about your partner. Then you get closer and closer. And then all of a sudden there's this line, so to speak, in the sand. And all of a sudden your dog's afraid. Your dog has concern. Your dog has care. 
Counterconditioning and desensitization is always done at a distance where the dog doesn't have a care in the world. And what you're doing is you're conditioning over and over and over and over the pairing of something wonderful, high value food rewards with a trigger, in this case, your partner that it's not thrilled about. And by doing that at a distance where your dog doesn't have a care in the world, your dog now can start getting excited about seeing your partner because the partner is going to be a cue that lets the dog know, hey, I'm getting high value food rewards. Absolutely. That's a game. That's a game that we're teaching. That's a game we need you to teach. And when your dog understands the game and all of a sudden your partner comes into view and your dog's like, oh, looking for the exactly. food. Exactly. <laughs> now you get to move a little I'm talking a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It could be inches. You get to move a little bit closer and start it over again. As Jordan said, these sessions need to happen three to five times a week at minimum. That's right. And they're short sessions, five, 10, God, 15 minutes seems like a long oh one. Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. And each time that you pair the trigger and start feed, 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 feed constantly and continuously when the partner comes into view for about five seconds and then the partner goes out of view, as soon as partner's out of view, you stop feeding. Again, it's about pairing the good stuff with the trigger that, your dog. Absolutely. Fears. And I don't care what the, what the fear is. You know, if it's something that the dog is afraid of when it sees something, well, then we got to start at a certain distance. At a distance where the dog has not a care, care in, in the, the world. world. And when we're talking about sound phobias, we begin the process of counter conditioning and desensitizing, pairing the sound of fireworks or whatever the fearful sound is Playing it at a volume where your dog or cat does not have, say it with me, Jordan, a care, care in, in the world. world. If your cat or dog is even slightly concerned, it's too intense, too soon. They're not ready for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We've got to teach the game. It happens so often. It happens so often that people play the game wrong. I kid you not, Will. I'm, I'm going to do it. Hopefully somebody here doesn't steal my idea. I am going to write a book. I'm telling you, it's going to be how to train a dog, colon, teaching the game. Now, people play the game wrong. They play, they play it wrong. They, they allow the dog to create functionality out of these behaviors. The moment that your dog or your cat or insert animal that we are doing the CC, mammal, let's be specific here, mammal, sure. um, that you're doing the counter conditioning and desensitization with, they react. They become fearful. They become aggressive. Whatever it is, they trigger. That's the emotional state. Exactly. And, and we're trying to get rid of that emotional exactly, state. Exactly. If when they experience the trigger, yeah. they have a care, they have a concern, that's what we don't want. And then when you're feeding them after they have a care, guess what? Let's talk about learning theory. Learning theory tells me. Associative learning. Exactly. Pavlovian classical zero conditioning. Zero to half a second. So whatever happens zero to half a second before the feeding starts, that's what the dog is being rewarded for. That's what the cat is being rewarded for. So when your dog is barking, growling, reacting, when your cat is becoming fearful, shivering, hissing, whatever it is, and you start feeding them. Yeah, it probably is going to stop the barking. It's going to stop the hissing, probably, if you're using valuable enough food. But you just reinforced that behavior. You taught the game wrong. So just, again, make sure that when you're doing this, no matter what the trigger is, not a care in the world. The object of the game, in order to win the game, it's not about getting the trigger to be as loud as possible, as quick as possible. You'll get there. You will. That is a symptom of teaching the game properly. Now, we have a, we have a few other questions. Well, before we do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, if you want more in-depth information about the counter-conditioning and desensitization so you can start working that behavior modification so next year on the 4th of July, your pet doesn't care, go to the Pet Talk Today podcast Go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Look for Pet Talk Today. Episode 64, last week's That's episode. Right. Okay. And additionally, if you'd rather see our, our nice, bright and shiny, beautiful faces, go Scroll to our Scroll down a That's little right. bit from this page last week. That was episode 64. Absolutely. That's on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what 
What other questions? You said we have Absolutely, other questions. we do. So one, a question that I've seen a lot, it's not really a training question, but I do want to address this. I've seen a lot of people are asking about the old videos. Yes, all of our old videos are posted on the page. You just have to go to our page, click videos, and scroll down. You'll see all the old ones. They're all labeled. In fact, there's a chance that we might be going in re- naming them and putting the actual dates on them. I think that'd be a good idea. Personally, I can go and do that. I'll take care of that myself. But additionally, go to any podcast service, any podcast service, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of these services. And you can hear pretty much every one of our episodes. It's very, very, very rare that we don't upload it to the podcast. Um, and sometimes we will do podcasts that are just on the podcast that are not part of Facebook Live. So if you haven't subscribed to the Pet Talk Today podcast, make sure that you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's things on there. For example, episode 16, 45 minutes of detailed information on how to potty train the most difficult absolutely. dog. How many people could benefit from that? Oh my gosh. Episode 16. Absolutely. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star review. It makes a big difference absolutely. in our rankings. Helps the world see it. And the higher we rank in Apple Podcasts and these other podcast yeah. platforms, the more people yeah, get let's, to see let's it. Be, let's be realistic here. Four weeks ago, four weeks ago, I'm looking at these comments and I'm seeing everybody's location and I'm seeing New York. I'm seeing Philly. I'm seeing Fremont, California. I'm seeing North Carolina. I'm seeing Georgia. I'm seeing Illinois. I'm seeing Wisconsin. Four weeks ago, this was not happening. Four weeks ago, we were not having the reach that we have currently. Four weeks ago, we were ranked, you know, top 100 in podcasts for, you know, pets. But I think, what was it? As of a few days ago, we're about 50. And the reason why that is, is because you guys are liking, sharing, and commenting on these videos and on our podcast. And the other thing, if you go to Apple Podcast, because Apple's the big boy when it comes to podcasts. Absolutely. Okay. Go to Apple Podcasts. Please look up the Pet Talk Today podcast and give us a five-star review. That yeah. really helps with the ranking. What other questions? Yeah. So stop the self, yeah. stop right, the right, self-promotion. Right. Let's get Emily. into questions. Help so, Emily. Emily. Emily from, oh, look at this. Queen Creek, actually. Aha. Uh-huh. Local, local. Local lady. Local. Well, well, if, if we end up saying contact a behavior consultant, you can go ahead and call us at Phoenix Dog Training. But anyways, so, so what Emily, does Emily have to say? Emily says that they have a two-year-old lab who is showing signs of being collar reactive. Mm. They are trying to get him to do something. And it happens when they're trying to get him to do something he does not want to do. He becomes aggressive. Any other time dealing with his collar, for example, putting it on, taking it off, neck scratches, playing with his collar, etc. He is absolutely fine. For example... When they have the biggest problem is bedtime. Routine is at 9 p.m. Everyone goes to bed. They have their own beds in their room. And and wait a minute now. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that the dog doesn't listen and so they grab the collar? That's exactly uh, what they do. I, yep. Yep. So, okay. I'll let you want to. So first and foremost, we know, Emily, that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't work. You need to think about what is it that you want your dog to do? And you need to take the time, be proactive, and train. You know, if you've got a really solid recall, if you've been working on having your dog come when called, and it's really, really solid, and you've motivated the dog because there's been a paycheck. Now, a a lot of you want your dogs to work really hard, but you don't want to pay them. You don't want to pay them. Right. Give them food. You can get rid of the food down the road, but you need a paycheck for motivation. And there's not a better paycheck than food in in most situations. You want to work on that recall over and over and over and over and over. And when your dog comes, give a high value food reward. But let me tell you what you're probably doing. Your dog is doing something you don't want. You're upset. You're calling the dog over to you. And then something unpleasant happens for the dog. You're poisoning. You're poisoning the cue. A lot of us do that. You know, a dog grabs something that we don't want them to have in their mouth. We're like, come, come. And we take it from them. Well, if that happens every time we call them, they're not going to want to come. And if every time we ask them to come to us and we grab the collar and that's uncomfortable and we take them somewhere that they don't want to be, pretty soon they're not going to want to listen to that come command. So you've got to teach the behaviors that you want instead of just looking at, oh, I don't want this. Right. And right now, you know that there's that collar sensitivity there. So you need to change that perception. Yeah. 
how do they do that, Jordan? So the first thing that I also want to add here, Emily, because um, Will was talking about, you know, like poisoning the cue. However, as I finished reading the question, I also noticed that it's like you're trying to get him to go to bed and he doesn't want to go. So you grab his collar and you try to move him along the way and he becomes aggressive. Well, the first things first, we have to take away his ability to do so. We have to take away the ability. We have to protect those involved. I'm going to firstly recommend that we go ahead and muzzle train this dog so that he's not biting anybody. Well, the first thing is don't grab the collar. Exactly, which means we need a drag line. We need to put a drag line onto the dog. what is a drag line? Exactly. A drag line is going to be, it's just, it can be a two foot tab, three feet. If you want to put a six foot line on the dog. It's just a little bit of rope. That is connected to his collar 24 always, unless he's in his kennel. And even then, you know, it might potentially be a decent idea, maybe, but you have to make sure that it's not something that can get caught in the kennel, things like that. Um, But the reason for this is if you grab that leash, guess what? He can't go after you. He or can't drag line. You. You're, you're using yeah, interchangeable yeah, yeah, words. Bad, we might say line. leash, drag line, rope. Right. Um, I call it a behavioral umbilical right. cord. Exactly. But you get to grab that. You know, if you've got four feet, well, now you're four feet between your dog's collar and you, but yet you can still move the dog around. Exactly. Now until you've done the training, right? And now this is the first step. And you don't need that. We now have this drag line or leash rope connected to your dog's uh, collar. You are then going to start giving him slight little tugs. This is the training session. Don't pull on, don't pull on that line and hold the pressure release. It's going to be a quick tug and then let it go. Make it loose. Exactly. Tug and, and you need to go ahead and make sure that your leash is parallel to the ground. Straight line. Don't angle the leash up because when you start giving guidance with that leash, the dog's gonna be like, well, why am I going up in the air? Make sure that you're moving that leash. Absolutely horizontal to the ground. And again, it's a a quick little tug, relax, tug. When there is any tension on a dog's leash or line or rope, it should be for a millisecond and then it should be loose. If you hold pressure, your dog's going to put the brakes on and not going to move with your guidance with the leash. And more so than that, what I also want you to do now, when you're giving these slight tugs, the first thing that you're looking for, I want your dog to take one single step. That's all I want him to do. One step. As soon as he makes that one step, mark and reward that behavior. Give him food. Do it again. Get him to take a step. Mark and reward. He's gonna make, oh my gosh, mom pulls on my neck, which is something that we already know he doesn't like. And then I get rewarded for following. If you don't know what Jordan means when he says mark, and reward. You probably know what reward means, but if he right. says mark and you don't know what mark is, it's a communication system, marker training. One type of marker training is clicker training. Absolutely. Um, look up marker training and you will, you can do a Google, look up marker training. You'll know what he's talking about because this episode's not about yeah. markers or using markers, yeah. but you'll hear us say that yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, and I, I see that people are asking about the fireworks and whatnot. We did talk about it a little bit at the beginning and we are going to talk about it more. We're just answering some of the questions. And, and also the those middle. that, if you just joined yeah. us, I'm Will Bangura. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today. We're here on Facebook Live each and every Saturday morning from nine until 10 mountain standard time right now we're also on pacific time that's right but please do us a favor hit that like button right now hit that share button so more people can benefit from this if you're just joining us and you want more in-depth information on fireworks and how to help your pet yes listen to today's show but last week's show we really went in depth into how do you do the counter conditioning, the desensitization? How do you actually change that emotional state right now? The dogs, the cats that, you know, have problems with fireworks, yeah. they're panicking. That's their inner state. And with counter conditioning and desensitization, we can teach them to like the sound of fireworks, if nothing else, to be neutral. Right. We went in depth into that last week's show. We did and we are talking about it in this show. Yeah. We've been talking about it for three weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been doing it every day and we're going to keep talking about it. So um, now 
we do actually have a fantastic question, and I think I'm going to start off by letting you answer, and then I'll I'll kind of jump in. All right. This is from Shelly. This is uh, this is the first time I've ever seen this question. Where is Shelly from? Um, actually, I'm not certain. She didn't she didn't specify. So Shelly, go on and comment where you're where you're watching from. But Shelly says, what kind of dog do you have? She says, any suggestions to help post fireworks? Mm-hmm. My dog won't walk around our neighborhood for weeks, sometimes even months. After there is an evening of fireworks, night or day, she will get in the car and walk. If you drive a couple miles away from the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. she is also fine going in the backyard after the fireworks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you go in the backyard after the fireworks, probably you don't have a leash on the dog. Right. But when you go for a walk, you probably have a leash on the dog. And one of the things you can begin to do is put the leash on the dog, go out in the backyard, reward come back in, take the leash off, put the leash on the dog, go into the backyard, reward, go back in the house, take the leash off, repeat, 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 repeat. Then when that game, it's a game, folks, when your dog understands that game, now do the same thing at the front door, but you're not going for a walk. Okay. You're just going to go out that front door, give a treat, come back in. You need to do what's called um, successive approximations. Absolutely. All right. And that's a fancy way of saying. Break it down baby into baby steps. steps. Baby steps. Okay. You know, maybe the first thing we need to pair with high value food rewards is just putting the leash on your dog near the front door. Yeah. And Absolutely. doing that over and over until that's a wonderful experience. And then maybe the next um, successive approximation. The next baby step might be you just touching the the door handle, yeah, and rewarding every time you do that. Then maybe the next one is just opening the door maybe three inches, yeah, and then the next time it's opening it ten inches, yeah. and then opening the door completely, and then maybe taking one step out the door, baby steps with high value food Very rewards. Value. Now, if you've got a pet that is so scared. I was just about to uh, go ahead and say it. Yeah, because I was just about to say we need to address the severity here. If one evening of fireworks, yes, I am by no means downplaying that this is a real intense thing for a lot of dogs and cats. Most recover faster, much, much faster. Let's talk about normal. We we when we're assessing a dog and we think, you know, this is a dog that needs more than just behavior modification because weeks months more than a couple days i'd even say a day or two of your dog being a little like what is going on even a day or two is a long time it's a long time a long for time. a dog not to recover exactly and so one of the things that we look at when we suggest to people maybe you should make an appointment with your vet maybe we should be looking at um, whether or not adding behavior medication along with the behavior modification is warranted in order to be able to make some progress. Yeah. Minimum Shelly, you need to contact a behavior consultant. This is your dog is having an extreme response. Yeah. This is one that's very severe and you know, severe cases are difficult for trainers. Absolutely. Much less, you know, just your, your pet parent trying to do it on their own. Um, So there's things that you can do, but in, in this case, I don't know, you can try the successive approximation, really break it down to little baby steps. But if you've been doing that for two months and you're not getting anywhere, well, that's a possible sign that uh, your dog may need medication. Yeah. And that's Um, something to talk about with your vet and your behavior consultant. Exactly. That is something because, and you know, we might, we may have time to get to it. That is something that I, I genuinely think we need to dedicate an entire episode one day on how to choose a dog trainer based on what you need. That is, it's fantastic. (laughs) Um, how about we get back to some more questions? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Good deal. Okay. Let's see. Oh, uh, well, Barbara, that is a question that is definitely best suited for your veterinarian. She wants to know why dogs get fatty tumors. Mm. Um, and I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know things that I do not know or things that are outside of my professional expertise, my area of expertise. Um, and that is a question that I would take up with your veterinarian. Absolutely. Um, That's a medical yeah, question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. So we have a few other questions. Oh, here's one that actually got a lot of likes. So I guess a lot of people want to know how to answer this one. How do I train my dog not to bark? 
bark at everything and any and everyone outside while she is inside of the house. Well, first things first, we need to look at the environment. Step one, if you are not actively doing the training, you have to remove your dog's ability to do so. Which means that you make it so that the trigger that's causing your dog to bark is not available to your dog. The dog has to stop rehearsing the behavior. Yeah. I know that's not what you want to hear because like, well, if it was that easy, we would stop it, right? Let me tell you how effective just changing your environment is. I have a client, four dogs. That's step one. We're not saying that that's the total answer. Exactly, but it helps out so much in some cases. I have a client, four dogs in the house, inconsistently barking at the front window all the time, no matter what. Car drives by, bark, 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 person walks by, bark, 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 bark. Dear Lord forbid if a delivery driver walked up to the house going crazy. Slamming against that window, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I showed up for my second session with them after I told them we need to implement management and stop the behavior from occurring. And as I'm walking up to the house, mm-hmm. Will, this was, I love this. As I'm walking up to the house, I'm noticing there's something about the front window that's off. I don't, I don't know what it is. Something just isn't, isn't like, it just looks weird. Yeah. As I get closer, I, you know, those remember back in school when you're doing a science fair project, you had that trifold, uh, you know, like poster board. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was one of those okay. taped in the window. Couldn't see inside the house anymore. Obviously it was an eyesore, you know, to look at walking up and uh, I walked in and I was like, Hey, I noticed that you, you, you made a few changes. You did some interior uh, redecoration. Like, yeah, you told us that they had to stop being able to practice the behavior outside of training window coverings. Imagine that covered up the window. Guess what? They kept it there for about two months. And then during that two months time period, they were doing the training, which we'll get into. They now have had that window covering down for about four months. And they're not having the a barking dogs problem. no longer bark at the windows, yeah. period. But you're never going to get a handle on this if the dog can continue to rehearse the behavior. Yeah. And you've got to get window coverings. You've got to be able to Absolutely. stop the behavior from being rehearsed. And then you can begin the process of behavior modification. And when that trigger or triggers are presented, it's done in such a way that your dog does not have a care in the world. And we're pairing high value food rewards at that distance over and over and over until your dog understands the game. Hey, when I see a stranger through that window, wonderful things are happening. I get high value food rewards, but most of you let your dogs go ballistic and then you're just fighting with your dog. And, And once your dog has you know, become reactive, uh, it's too late. There's nothing you're going to do in that moment that's going to help Absolutely. other than just remove the dog. Absolutely. Hey, Carolina, you just said that you just called. Um, I'm not seeing anything on my end. Give her the number yeah, that again. number, just to make sure, is 602-525-6880. If you go ahead and call that and it still isn't working, please comment again. And that way we can figure out why your call isn't going through. Again, that is 602 602- Five two five six eight eight zero. There you go. Anyways, now once we once we've you know changed up the environment, we now need to start teaching alternative behaviors. First things first. I talked about it earlier. Teach your dogs a good place command. Teach your dogs how to stay on place. Give them that. Give them a nice good place. And as people, cars, anything is passing by the house, you're putting them on place and you're actively rewarding them as they're remaining quiet. If they start to bark, now again, this is assuming it's not an anxiety related behavior. If it is just nuisance barking, you will actively be rewarding them, marking and rewarding that behavior for being quiet. They start barking. I want you to immediately food turns off, food turns off and you just wait. You just wait. They start being quiet again. You get three to five seconds minimum of quiet. You start rewarding them again and they start learning. Wow. If I'm barking, I, I don't get rewarded. If I'm not barking, I'm getting rewarded. And that's how we start slowly changing this behavior. You can also try things like we're on, we're on place. I'm rewarding my dog as things are driving by and they're being quiet. They start barking. Boom. We put them into a quick little two minute timeout. 
You go put them up. Negative punishment. We take away their freedom, their free time, something they like in order to change the undesired behavior. Now, it just has to be a short-lived timeout. One to two minutes. That's it. Take them out. Do it again. The thing about it is timing. You've got zero to a half a second. So if the dog starts barking and you're using a timeout, if you're using negative punishment by taking away freedom, when that unwanted behavior happens, when the barking starts, you have to immediately take the dog and put it into a timeout. And like Jordan said, it doesn't have to be long. One, two minutes. That's right. And then you can let it out. It starts barking again. Boom, back in the crate. And Lisa actually added on follow up here. She says that her dog is actually sound reactive and she can't... uh, she can't, you know, stop um, outside noises. Obviously, yeah, you can't. It is very difficult to stop the outside noises. What, what you, you can do, yep. white noise. Exactly. And additionally, take those outside noises, dogs barking, cars driving by, mm-hmm. people talking, mm-hmm. things like that. Play it on a speaker, a Bluetooth speaker in your yeah, house. Yeah, record low, it. Record low, it. low volumes. And then you start the counter conditioning work there at yeah. a low, low, low volume where your dog doesn't have, guess what? A care in the world. Exactly. Now, one of the ways that you can use white noise to help with uh, a dog that's extremely noise reactive um, is to start playing that white noise at very low volume and counter condition that so that little by little that white noise can go higher and higher in volume and you've been pairing it all the way with high value food rewards. You're teaching the game. We play the white noise, low volume, feed, 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 feed constantly and continuously while the white noise is playing. We press stop. We stop feeding, pairing, creating that association, positive things with that. Looks like we have a caller right now. Hello. Thanks for calling pet talk today. Where are you calling from and what kind of dog do you have? We're animal. Hello. Hello. Can you hear us? Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, we're not getting anything. So I guess um, if you want to try calling back, if you're trying yeah, to reach absolutely. us at Pet Talk today, um, you. Oh, there we go. It looks like we are having. Put her have a, there we go. Now, now we, we hear, hear you. you. Hello, hello. I have a, I have a kid too. Okay. And what's your um, question? Uh, she's a puppy, and I wanted to see about her, like, her behavior for next. Monday for this Monday for the fourth. Um, how do I, how can I calm her down for the fourth of July? She's a puppy. She's eight months. Absolutely. So I guess my question is, uh, have you seen her around any fireworks or loud noises? How do you, how does she normally behave around these kinds of things? I haven't seen her. I haven't seen that behavior with her yet because I, I, I just, she's brand new with me. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like we, um, the, what I want you to do is I need you to find an internal closet inside of your home, just like we were talking about at the beginning of the show. But if you missed that, I'm going to go over it for you right now. I want you to find a closet that is inside of your home, centrally located. Don't take the clothes out, make it to where you can go inside some blankets, some pillows, things like that. Get a nice Bluetooth speaker, play some reggae because believe it or not, Scientifically speaking, reggae is the most calming music for dogs. I want you to play some reggae music at low volumes, lots of high value food rewards. Make sure that it is a nice, positive, calming, relaxing environment for your dog inside of that closet. And as the fireworks are occurring, you are just continuing to feed, 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 love, praise beforehand, preemptively. I want you to spend the day on Monday exercising your dog. Lots of fetch, lots of running around, but you did say a little puppy that's a shih tzu. So make sure that you're, you know, not overworking your dog and make sure that you are actively keeping them hydrated, things like that. And then additionally, if we aren't looking at any types of allergies, I want you to give lots and lots of turkey, specifically turkey about an hour to minimum two hours before the fireworks and everything are going to start because that turkey is going to help relax and calm. And you know that feeling on, on Thanksgiving that you get when, you, when you've eaten too much turkey and you get really tired? That's what I want to yeah. happen with your dog. Does all of that make sense? Is, is there anything that yeah. you want to add here, Will? No, I think that no. all makes sense. Um, you know, you begin the process, too, of kind of gauging and, and, you know, you may already know this because you've had the puppy for a while when other 
type of loud noises occur, yeah. how does your puppy respond? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is your chance to find out, is this something that you are going to have to actively on the side counter condition and desensitize? Yeah. Yep. You've, not, you've not experienced it yet. So it's about experiencing it. Um, if there is anxiety, as Jordan said, get into an inner closet, which is the quietest place you can be, perhaps play some music, um, have games in there, yeah. toys in there, uh, make that a fun experience. And, and then you're going to start the process of counter conditioning and desensitization and doing the work that needs to be done so that if you do have a pet that has um, a problem, with noise phobias next year, if you do the work, absolutely, you're not going to have yep. a problem. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. I hope that uh, this works out for you. And please, next week, call us again and tell us how everything went. Okay, I will. I'll keep listening to your show. Hey, right. we appreciate it. Thank you very thank much. You. Have a good one. Have a good Fourth of July weekend. Keep your keep your puppy safe. I'm Will Bangora. And I'm Jordan Marsteller. And you're listening to Pet Talk Today. We're here each and every Saturday morning on Facebook Live, taking your questions, helping you with your dog, your cat, training and behavior issues. And we talk about issues like today. We're talking about the 4th of July and fireworks. Do us a favor. Hit that like button right now. Let us know that you like what we're doing. Hit Absolutely. that share button. Please hit that share button so that more people can benefit uh, from the show. We've got just a little bit of time we've got about four minutes do we have another question we want let's to tackle see. here let's see let's see let's see we have we do have a couple questions something that we can um ah yes so actually one of our questions from earlier we got a little bit of follow-up on from shelly mm-hmm. um she said they did get a trainer last year it got better but then the new year's fireworks happened this mm-hmm. was the one that has like months of not wanting to go outside yeah and it started all over again. Yeah. Yeah, Shelly, you need you need to get with a behavior consultant, get in contact with your veterinarian. You need to start exploring adjunctive behavior medi- and, medication and, options. You know, after the 4th of July, you can start doing the work of counter conditioning and desensitization. So, you know, next year, next year, because right now it's it's about triage. It's about, you know, putting the Band-Aid on. It's about getting medication for your dog if need be if necessary and keeping your dog comfortable uh, while that's going on until you've had time to do the work absolutely absolutely well it appears that we don't have any new questions uh in the chat and it's been it's been a fantastic show if you have a question we do have just a few minutes left please type it into that chat box but before you do that make sure you like and share this show because again this is how we get it out there. We get it out there because you guys share it, you like it, you comment, and we are only doing this because we love providing this service to y'all. This is our passion. This right here, training dogs and helping those in need. This is it. If you've got um, an idea about a topic or something that you would like us to cover. And we also do interviews. So if there's a particular person out there that you think would make for a great interview, hey, shoot us an email. You can send your emails, your comments to us at info at pettalktoday.com. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O, at pettalktoday.com. Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you, uh, please, you can also shoot a text message, give a call anytime. Let me know. Just put into that text message that this is a question for the Pet Talk Today, that that's how you heard about me at 602-525-6880. It looks like, ah, yes. So, we don't have uh, we don't have a website for the show. However, if you go to phoenixdogtraining.com or at info at pet talk today, unknown caller. Um, yeah, we don't have time to take yeah, a call. Sadly, unfortunately, sadly, we don't have time. Um, That's because we've got two minutes, and if you're going to call us, we would love to take your call. Absolutely, but, but unfortunately, you got to call um, when we've got more than two minutes absolutely. left in the show, and we need to do a hard stop at absolutely. ten o'clock here. Actually, in one minute, absolutely, absolutely. So again, phoenixdogtraining.com is our website, and you can go to our blog there. It's no, it's not going to be on the blog. Oh, There's the fireworks isn't on the blog. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. I didn't yeah. know what you were going to talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. So and then you go to our blog, and we do have a post on fireworks that has. 10 hours of desensitization sound noises that you can use for training with your dogs. Well, you know, today 
has been a fantastic show, and I'm appreciative of every single one of these viewers. This is this is this has been great. I hope that we are able to help out with some. Of I'm your hoping dogs. that some pets are going to have a little bit easier time this Fourth of July. Um, if you've been working with your pets and you've been doing the counter conditioning and desensitization and it's working, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email yeah. info at pettalktoday.com. Uh, put information in the comment section and please do us a favor share this information with your friends with your family other people that you know that own dogs so they can benefit from it hit that like button hit that share button we appreciate every one of our listeners and those of you that have been supporting us for so long absolutely and of course that music means that we are out of time we had a great show hopefully like i said you're practicing these things um and your pets will be in a little bit better shape uh, this 4th of July. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We're out of here. <laughs>